Hello. Hey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, it's really cold, but other than that, doing all right. <laughs> well, we're getting ready for some cold finally, and my mother is about to freak out. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's supposed to get down to like 16 degrees for us, which is... That's really like, low. That's unheard of for us. The last several Christmases, it's been nice and warm. I'm running the air, and when I go outside to get a, away from everybody for a little while, I'm slapping mosquitoes off of me. So this yeah. will be a nice change of pace. It'll kill those mosquitoes, that's for sure. Yep. Fewer bugs, fewer freeze. snakes, so I love cold. Yeah. That's going to be quite the temperature change. We're in the negative four, for... 14 or something right now. Ne negative 14? Yeah. Wow. And that's without wind chill. <laughs> I can't. Now, see, I like cold weather and I love that the bugs and the snakes hate it, but that that's a little too much for me. Yeah, that's pretty cold. Because I, I like cold weather, but I don't want to be cold. And I don't know how you can avoid being cold when it's that cold. Yeah. Well, hopefully it, things will start climbing tomorrow, at least a little bit. We'll be in the single digits, but at least in the positive. Hey, that's progress. Mm -hmm. There's lots of speculation that we may actually get some snow for Christmas. I'm not... I'm not. I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much, but that would be like a Christmas miracle for for those of us here in the South. Yeah. Cause a disaster probably driving people driving right. Oh, they won't man. know how to drive. It's already. It was raining today and cold, and people. I think we passed three wrecks coming home from town. Oh wow. So, I mean, people just don't seem to understand that. All you really have to do, slow down. Yeah, but it just—that's it, it, too much for some people, apparently. Step on the gas; it gets you there faster. Well, that's a sheet of ice. That's, that's to be the strategy. It could slide home. <laughs> there was, I mean, just a, a, a cavalcade of, of emergency vehicles with all their lights flashing. It was blinding coming home because somebody was. There were like two cars in the median all banged up, and they were trying to pull them out and get them on the tow trucks. I was like, man, you people. Uh, do you have to get out tomorrow? or? I hope not. I, didn't, I wasn't really planning to go out today, but it, my wife and my mother-in-law are planning to cook chili, so then we needed more for that. And then when we're in, there, in the stores, they're like, oh, well, let's get this. And then my wife yeah. like, oh, well, we should get a little bit more for my stepson and you know, I think we got more for the oldest child, so we need to get a little bit more for the youngest child. Ah. <laughs> it just it just never ends. Well, at least you have lots of chili. I hope so. Is that the is that for Christmas or is it uh before that? that that's our usual Christmas Day tradition. We started that several years ago when our a chili Christmas, huh? Our chili Christmas. <laughs> we used to go to my grandmother-in-law's house, and that would be a big fancy dinner, usually a big ham, maybe a turkey breast, and all kinds of stuff. And then she ditched us. My wife's aunt married an attorney. Yeah. And they had a lake house, so my grandmother-in-law 
ditched us and started going to the lake house for Christmas. So we decided we'd make our own tradition and we started making chili every Christmas. Ah, and well, there you go. It's, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable. We're simple folks. So <laughs> <laughs> we usually we, start. We, that we have, start we have chili presents. indirectly, but it's more New Mexican red chili, which isn't like, I, I imagine your chili is more like crock pot. Like yeah, type of chili. Yeah. We usually make it on the stove, but yeah, it's, it would be pretty much what you a lot of people make in the crock pot. But that New Mexico chili you have with your mashed potatoes and stuff looks dynamite. Yeah, that's the kind we have, but we use it. In New Mexico, we have pozole and tamales. That's what we have. Man, I would love some tamales. And maybe ham. Well, my wife got a turkey for Christmas and one of her coworkers didn't want the turkey. She doesn't eat turkey. So my wife ended up with two and I, I was originally saying, well, let's have turkey for Christmas. And my wife and mother-in-law were like, Nope, we're doing it's chili. chili. We're turkey there you go. Time. So, so you could have it for new year's. Hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Start a new tradition. Welcome in the new year's with the turkey. Hey, I'm all for that. They get it from a Cisco, which like supplies a lot of cafeterias and whatnot. And yeah, it, it is better than any store bought turkey I've ever, I've ever had. Because last year, in fact, the she only got one, and it was so delicious. We went down to Target and bought another one to have. A it's still of a fro- it's still a frozen turkey though, right? You still yeah, have to it's just a big it. frozen bird. She has to take the giblets out. She usually makes yeah. giblet gravy with that, and that. It, that Target turkey, it was a good and gather brand, and that was like the worst turkey I've ever had. So in just a couple of weeks, we went from the best turkey ever to the worst turkey ever. Uh, that's too I, bad. I don't like to waste food, but I, but I ended up telling her, I was like, I can't eat any more of that turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. I'd, I'd rather just throw out the money, basically, because I, I, I just can't do it. Yeah. I heard I heard your uh, episode with uh, Joe and uh, Professor uh, Allen or whatever his name is. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was pretty good. That was a lot of fun. We were we were trying to focus on Christmas, and in fact, I was trying to pick something Christmassy for this one, but once yeah, I again, didn't... I I, I kind of drew a dud, and I was like, "Well, dang it." <laughs> I didn't pick anything Christmas. I ha- the one I have no problem with is picking Halloween horror stuff. Like that's right. that's easy. But picking Christmas stuff is a little tougher even though it's out there. I I did read a what did I, what was it called? Um Bimbos, Ninjas and something Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a holiday classic right there. Oh, flesh-eating cheerleaders uh, season's greetings or something like that. Okay. Is that, uh, I think that's Dren Productions? Yeah, that's Dren. They used to do They're they're in previews, but this this was a Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. I had bought them already all, all in Kickstarter version. Yeah, I was backing them until I started soliciting them in previews, and then I was like, well, it's an awful lot cheaper to just get it out of previews, so I'll just 
Yeah, Drop it's, that a, one. It, it, it's it's pretty fun. It's like a really bad B film with those little slither creatures. It's right. like uh, they've had movies like that, like Slithers, and I can't remember where these little alien things take over the bodies of sexy cheerleaders. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and they're flesh-eating, so they'll eat you. <laughs> but in this, in so this, ca- in this, in this, in this case, in in the holiday tradition. Santa came down the chimney and the three cheerleaders were down there instead of cookies and they're like they put on a show for him while one of the other cheerleaders went up to the sack of um, presents that he was supposed to deliver and sort of dumped all those like parasitic worms in there (laughs) so when when he delivers the gifts they'll be in for a surprise yeah, I don't, I don't want getting the Cabbage Patch kid that Christmas was bad enough. I don't, I don't want parasitic worms too. You, you got a Cabbage Patch? Yeah, I, I have. That's unusual. That story. No. It was mid '80s, early '80s. I could see like patch. a garbage pail kid, but not a Cabbage well, see, Patch that would, kid. See, that would have been at least something I was interested in. But it, you know, it was the usual thing leading up to Christmas where you're circling. 50 pages out of the Sears catalog saying, I want this, I want this, I want all the Star Wars, I want all the G.I. Joe, I want all the Masters of the Universe. And for my house growing up, we each got one big present, and then you might get a, a, you know several little things. And so I was hoping maybe I'd get the Millennium Falcon or a, a Mobat tank or a Castle Grayskull. And came down Christmas morning, and we... We each had one side of the tree, my sister and I. And, you know, I come down and I look and I see a doll on my side. And I was like, Santa messed up. Santa put your stuff on my side. Have you got my stuff? She's like, oh, I've got one of those. <laughs> I've got one of those, too. I was like, well, you must be getting two and I must be getting something really big. Yeah. And my mom's like, no, that's yours. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I wanted, you know, Star Wars and G.I. Joe. And she's like, no, you, that's, that's your present. That's a, it's a cowboy. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, 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 jo- it's Jonah Hex Cabbage Patch Kid. That, I mean, that scarred me. I was like, probably like 10 years old, 11 years old in the 80s. And, you know, and then you got to go to school and tell all your friends. You know, everybody's like, what did you get? I got an X-Wing fighter, and I got all the Empire Rebels, and yeah. I got, you know, I got I got the remote control R2-D2, and I got Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain. What did you get, Kirk? I got I got a cowboy Cabbage Patch Kid. And yeah, that's my... all. It, it <laughs> sat in that box. I, w- I refused to even touch it. It sat is in that box. Is it in still that, in the in basement the somewhere? <laughs> it's a, it's still in storage. I didn't want anything to do with it. I'm hoping someday it's worth a ton of money. <laughs> I can, maybe I can sell it and buy some figures that I really want. <laughs> At least you got a good story out of it. I was I was just mortified, and now as a parent, I'm like, why didn't my dad go? Hey, we're not we're not gonna do that. <laughs> I get that my mom was a little bit crazy. Yeah. But it seems like 
seems like my dad should have piped up and said, yeah, no. Didn't the, didn't the boy say he wanted those soldier dolls? Yeah. <laughs> so, so my I, the only thing I can figure is my dad thought, every, like even the little G.I. Joes, he, they were all dolls to him. And the only thing I can figure is one doll's the same as another. Yeah, and it was easier because he's, he's getting one doll already. So he's just like, they're right next to each other. Right. You get the cowboy. There you go. You got the doll of your dreams. Man, what a nightmare that was. <laughs> I, I need was... to step away for like five minutes. Will that be okay? Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay. You still there? I'm still here. All right. Yeah, I, uh, the, only, the only time my parents got me a weird gift was, but it wasn't it wasn't from Santa. It was more from them. So I, I didn't know what it was, but my dad got a refrigerator box, <laughs> and he filled it with wood, and it was a soccer ball. But it, you, you can imagine, like, what went through my head. Like, I can't imagine what's in this refrigerator box. And it was just a soccer ball. So, <laughs> Feel, full of up? full of wood. Like and I think he did it because I used to try to guess what my gifts were, like by shaking them and moving them and trying to listen for them. I would assume you didn't guess that one. Yeah, I didn't guess that one. It was so disappointing though. Like your mind thinks like what could be in this box? Right. It's either something really big and awesome or lots of little awesome things. Yeah. Is it one like one of those toy submarines that you can get into? <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> you thought you'd scored. Yeah. I thought I it was. At least, I hope you at least wanted a soccer ball. <laughs> no, I didn't play soccer. I, I like football. I don't know what I did with that soccer ball. Never played soccer. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have soccer around here until I was I was out of school before I even heard of anybody playing soccer. Yeah, we maybe nineties with the World Cup. Yeah, soccer was not a like a high school sport. You had baseball, you had football, and basketball. Those were the, and track. Well, I ran track, because that didn't require any hand-eye coordination. I did basketball. My only sports trophy is a basketball trophy, although I actually suck at basketball. But I won some, I think it was a free throw competition. I don't remember for sure. But I I won the trophy, and my best friend won the, um, like, the second-place medal. And the one guy that was actually a good athlete got third place <laughs> and my buddy and i my buddy and i who got first and second were like how did this happen <laughs> so you're good at the free throws it's like put me at the line i'll sink the free throw well see I, normally i wouldn't even be good at that i wouldn't think but i guess i was good that day or they were really bad i don't know and <laughs> <laughs> nobody else can make anything Nobody else made anything, so I won. 
So I yeah, I, I, I made two, and my friend made one, and then nobody else made any. So. <laughs> I heard you guys talk about like your what you get in your your sock. Mm-hmm. Our Christmas stockings. Yeah. For what me, it was get? Peeps. I I was a big fan of Peeps, so I got Peeps in my stocking. I like Peeps, but I don't remember ever getting them at Christmas. I always got them in my Easter basket. No, I got them at Christmas, and I still get them at Christmas. <laughs> but the the lifesaver, those like they used to be in a book. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to get those. And then I guess Santa Claus thought I was stinky. He'd give me deodorant and <laughs> other kinds of goodies like that. Well, my family gets that. I put it in their in their stockings, but they want that stuff. They'll ask for it. Like yeah. My, especially my teenager, my well, my oldest teenager. He wants, you know, like the old spice, weird scents like werewolf by London or something. <laughs> and, you know, well, Old Spice has some strange scents. It's not like the old days where there was just like one scent and it's this. Take it or I, leave it. Yeah, I've never seen Werewolf. Because <laughs> I, 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 I still buy Old Spice uh, body, what do you call it? Um, so body wash? Yeah, body wash. Swagger and I forget what the other one is. The the bear, I forget what the bear one is. There's one but, but I've never seen got... Werewolf. There's See that's that, werewolf that, sounds that. more. Werewolf sounds more like uh, the what is it? the black axe. My my youngest just said Kraken Guard is one of them. Oh, Kraken is the the bear, isn't it? Kraken is like the sea creature of some. Oh, sort. I didn't get Kraken. I got the bear. They've gotten all of them at one point or another. I don't know which one they actually prefer. Uh, my oldest was, was going on a date the other day, and he wanted cologne, and I told him, just spray one squirt. And <laughs> when did you pull out your Haya Karate cologne back I, from well, the 70s? <laughs> I don't have any that old, but I did have some polo <laughs> from the 80s and 90s, and I told him just to put on one squirt. And I don't know if it got really concentrated because it hasn't been squirted in like 20 years, yeah. or if he just decided to squirt a whole lot more than that but the whole end of the house where he was spraying was it smelled like you know the cologne department and macy's or something <laughs> set my allergies on fire oh i bet because because um that is a strong cologne polo well, i used to love it that was that was what i wore all the time and then my wife decided she wanted me to wear a tommy hilfiger that she didn't like polo anymore. Ah. Um, so I wore, I wore Tommy for a while, but I don't have... Right? For me, it was Haya Karate. Because that commercial, they, the, the girl would chase the guy around, and he'd have to use karate. <laughs> I don't remember the... I remember the cologne, because like everybody's dad had that growing up. Yeah. But I don't remember the commercial. That's where I got it. it from. I got it from my dad. Yeah, if, if you can, you can go to YouTube and type Haya Karate Cologne, and you'll see that. You'll see a couple of weird ones. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but I'm older than you, so that's why uh, I used my dad's cologne. 
Well, just like your son used yours. There you go. <laughs> do they yep. even make polo anymore? I, I, I think they I do have no, still. I have, I have no idea what they make anymore. I, I know saw, they don't make Haya Karate anymore. <laughs> I, I saw Captain America cologne in TJ Maxx. It was like a cologne and an aftershave and a, mm. maybe, a, maybe a deodorant. It was a gift set with like three things in it. Smell, really smell like uh, gunpowder and uh, tanks and bazookas. Punching hydra. Tank, tank oil. <laughs> as long as you don't end up smelling like the Red Skull, you ought to be all right. Yeah. I don't think Captain America, as somebody who smells good. No, he's I mean, he, he might. For, he, he's know. a clean-cut guy, but... Not during World War II. I bet he stunk. Well, my son is bringing me an Old Spice bottle that says it's Bear Glove. Ah, yeah, it's, that's a good them. one. I, they I won't use talk that about one. comics, but you mentioned Old Spice body wash, and they get excited and want to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> a Bear Glove. I like that one. Bear Glove is good. <laughs> I like Bear Glove and Swagger. Those are the two. I'll say the Kraken is my favorite, just because I I don't know what it smells like, but I like the name. Yeah, you could think there of Clash, was, Clash of the Tit Clash of the Titans. There you go. Something with the werewolf a while back. That was one. I think we got that one at, at Target as a gift set on sale. I yeah, I never heard of where I never heard of werewolf. And it wasn't just werewolf; it was something you know, Arctic werewolf or something crazy, you know, just to make it a little weirder sounding. Ah, there you go. So, um, yeah, I never got any comics for Christmas. Never. Well, now I started a tradition. I think we talked about this before, where I. My mother was big into let's have traditions and let's do this every year and every occasion. And I convinced her when I was about six or seven that I should get a comic from the newsstand uh, every Christmas Eve. And they, at first she argued, like, what if Santa brings you that? I was like, Santa never brings me comics. That's yeah. why I know I'll be good. And it start, the first one I got was a fight in Army. And I don't remember most of the others, but. That tradition lasted until the newsstand distribution went away. Oh, so like you, you, you got to go 90s. get get something before Christmas then? Yep. Christmas that was Eve? My, yeah, my, my grandmother believed in opening one gift on Christmas Eve. So that Yeah, that we used to have perfectly. that. We used to have that too. But we used to open up something on Christmas Eve at my grandma's house. And it usually was some clothes. Clothes would have been a big disappointment to me unless they were underoos. Yeah. I had Aquaman underoos, which was pretty cool because so they were yellow and, you know, the green. <laughs> I had so many sets. For some reason, like, adults in my life didn't want to buy me comics, but they would they considered underoos acceptable to buy. So, you know, any birthday or Christmas, I'd get a set of underoos from maybe the aunts and uncles and grandparents or whatever. So I had a bunch of them. I remember, I know I had Darth Vader and uh, Luke Skywalker, X-Wing pilot. Yeah, those that were was one of my much later. 
77. Yeah, I, I was already almost. I was already on the almost 10. Well, I started off with like you know I think the Hulk was one, but it just had like a, a small Hulk on the front of a white T-shirt, maybe. Yeah. Looked, and then later they became more of like more like cosplay stuff where you're supposed to look more like the person. Yeah, I remember the Aquaman ones were good. And I think I did have the Hulk and that was it. That was all I had. And then for lunch boxes I had I I didn't ha I never had any superhero lunch boxes which bummed me out. But I had the 6 million dollar man so I liked that one. And then I had Adam 12. And I never watched Adam 12. But my dad did. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, maybe maybe your dad really thought the lunchbox was cool, and he wasn't going to carry it, but he could get it for you. That's right. Adam twelve. Adam twelve. I but didn't I watch did, that. Though. I, I did had a get... couple of the comics. Yeah, I got. Uh... I w I didn't watch Adam twelve. I watched Emergency. Oh, no, Emergency, I like a lot. I saw a commercial for that the other day, and I was telling my wife, because she didn't watch it. She didn't grow up on these classic shows. Yeah. She was like, uh, you like that? I was like, yeah. And I was like, and one of those guys, and I don't remember which one, but one of them, his name is Randolph Mantooth, and I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> she, I don't remember it too well, but uh, I, I just bought, like, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago. I got emergency number one, one, two, and four, or something like that, because it's only four issues. And then they had a magazine, but I didn't buy. I didn't have the magazine. I had them all. Well, I, I take that back. I think I had them all at one point, but I don't know that for sure. But at one point, I, I had a seller on eBay that was regularly selling the Charlton magazines, she had like scored some kind of uncirculated lot or either found a hoarder's lot or something. Yeah. And she had just tons of them. So I picked up several of the $6 million man and emergency. And I think maybe space 1999 or something. There were, there were a couple of they, oddballs they had, that I they had a, they had a magazine like, too. Well, combined shipping. I remember the Space yeah. 99 comic book, but I don't remember the magazine. Yeah, there was a – I don't know how many issues there were. I mean, there may have just been one, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure there was at least one. Let's see. You'll have to look that up now. Space 1999. Yeah, there's a magazine. Ah, I and knew it, it was eight, yes. eight, eight issues. Well, I didn't remember that. <laughs> but I've got at least one of them. Gray Morrow did the covers. Now that guy can draw. Vicente Alcazar and Gray Morrow interiors. Carlos Pino. Pat Boyette. Dick Ayers. Carl Potts. <clears throat> yeah, they they had good uh, covers for sure. For some reason, I had that I had that 
bald doctor doll. You know the guy with the side, you know, has the bald spot and this. I don't know, I like think, these long sideburns. Yeah, I had I had I that I doll. I had that doll, and then I still have. I I don't know if I still have the doll. I, I may be there, but I I do have the. It's pretty beat up. The space 1999 ship. I know I lost a lot of the thrusters. There's only like one thruster left. How many thrusters were there? Four. Because you used to be able. You had the long ship, and then you could like take off the nose, and like make a small capsule out of it. Because it was that long ship. And I think all the stickers are worn out, but I I still have that in the basement. Most of my toys are are either stolen or destroyed. Emergency. Emergency magazine was four issues. The Charlton magazines, and I I don't remember for sure, but I want to say they were better quality than the regular comics as far as printing. Were they black and white too, or yeah, they were black and white. I think so. I yeah. think they were much more on par with the regular Marvel magazines of the time. Yeah, Randolph Mantooth. I don't remember seeing a lot of the <laughs> magazines growing up. Randolph Mantooth was the hunk. <laughs> well, I don't know which one that is. <laughs> I, know, I know there's like a red-headed guy and a dark-haired guy, and I don't, I don't know who's who. Yeah. I guess it depends on who you ask. Yeah, but I just I, I picked those Long up because I like the show Emergency. Yeah, I liked that a lot too. My sister was was a fan too. We, I think it was MeTV when we first discovered the retro television networks a few years ago. MeTV was airing it, and my sister and I were like, "Wow!" I yeah, you, this in, you, you, know, you, you would years. you would love if I don't you don't stream too much, right? Do you have internet? No, there? we only get the stream. But well, you obviously have it. Our internet, our internet is super slow, so we don't even try streaming. The only streaming we do is when we go to work at my grandparents, and they're uh, streaming there. The internet, the internet there is really fast. You would like but, uh, Pluto TV because it's all retro. Like I, I watched Three's Company all all day today. It was I was doing chores. I actually put that app on my iPad, but I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get to watch it much. I usually it's watch old, it. It's old school. It really is. I mean, it's got new commercials, but it's like watching it, old TV and then with commercials. It and reminded then me the of, guide. What, of what Nick at Night used to be. Yeah. You know, Nick at Night used to show Dovey Gillis and stuff, and now it's showing George Lopez and Friends. Yeah. And, and that's know, old. Maybe, <laughs> Well, T- I, I TV, TV Land. I was watching Dobie Gillis in the 80s, so that was like 30 years ago. So, yeah, I guess George Lopez and Friends is 30 years ago. But... Yeah, Dobie Gillis is on Amazon Prime now. Is it? Yeah, because I, I, started, I started, watch, started watching it. That's I what I should that have that's what I sh- that's what I read for this show. I should have read the Dobie Gillis that you you sent me. 
Those are why are they so ridiculously hard to find? Yeah, any of the I have a hard time finding Bob Hope's the Binkies. Yeah, Joe, uh, the Joe Crawford found a couple for like a dollar recently, and I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" <laughs> yeah, those are tough finds. It's usually find them for a dollar if it's somebody that doesn't know what they have. Yeah, they think it's like a, a cheap Archie, and let's get rid of it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry, Barb was asking me a question. Um, did you share your fudge with Barb, or did you eat it all? Barb had part of it. I ate the rest. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I thought it was going to be rich. Like, I don't. I'm not a big fan of like dark chocolate, but I'm a real fan of sweet. And this was a sweet version of fudge, so I like liked it well, a lot. There's a lot of sugar in the fudge. She goes yeah. to a lot of trouble making that stuff, and I love it. She'll only make it around Christmas time. Well, I like it because it's make... sweet. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was good. And none of the batches have turned out according to the recipe because she keeps having to add more chocolate because as soon as she starts breaking up the baking bars, the boys start eating them. Yeah. So uh, what did you bring to the show to to talk about today? Well, I, I originally chose an unknown soldier because it has a Christmas cover. It says, have a deadly little Christmas. It's issue 237. But it's, it's more about a race war. And I was like, you know what? I just read a dud <laughs> Christmas issue. I'm, <laughs> I'm not covering a race war for <laughs> What, what what do you mean like a race like what what like races? There's a unit. There's a unit of black soldiers okay. who are refusing to deliver the supplies. That's their job. Is they they provide the they deliver the supplies, and they're not gonna do it because one of the guys in the unit said something racist, and they've decided that maybe the Nazis aren't all that bad. Because they they don't have a quarrel with them, they have a quarrel with the Jews. Yeah. And it, I was like, I don't, I don't think they would think that. <laughs> and you know, I wasn't alive in World War II. Well, it's kind of like sure everybody, a... everybody, everybody could agree Nazis bad. It's kind of um, like uh, what Gravedigger though, his origin. Yeah, well, you know, Grave Digger. I because can he, see, he he had he a, had he had that racist commander that gave him that crappy job of digging the graves for right. soldiers on the beach with him and his buddy, and then his buddy was killed, and that's when he started to rebel, and then became a super soldier later on. Yeah, Grave Digger's really well done. This issue of Unknown Soldier was a, a it was a, a, a dud to me. So I, I put it to the side and I chose something different. Okay. <laughs> I chose, I decided to go, in honor of my birthday, I decided to go with Our Fighting Forces, cover dated November, December, 1972. It's issue 140 and it features the, lo the losers along the rooftop and it looks like a parade going on below them. 
an Ona is in a open convertible with a Nazi, and Sarge is saying to the other losers, "What's one of us losers doing with that Nazi?" It's a great Joe Kubert cover. It certainly would have gotten my twenty cents back in the day. But a uh, story by Bob Kaniger, art by John Severin, and it. I don't know if you remember this run. There was a period where Captain Storm wasn't in the losers, and this is apparently the first part of that. So it opens I, with I, Captain I, uh, Storm. I don't have too many our fighting forces. Well, you need to get some more. Well, I, the, think, I, I do have all of the Jack Kirby stuff that was losers. Well, this, but... is, this is before Kirby. And this is actually a copy that was part of John Severin's personal collection. I picked this up recently, and I was like, I'm going to reread that one. And it just happened to be my birthday cover-dated issue. So I was like, well, that's perfect. So it opens with Captain Storm and Ona setting explosives in a Norwegian village. And they spot some advancing Nazis, and they begin to flee. Storm is hit, but as he says, they just whittled a chip off his wooden flipper. And we, the uh, Storm and Ona escape, and we move ahead an hour. And the losers are watching the village, waiting for the explosive they have set to go off. But the time comes and passes when the explosive should have hit. So Storm decides to take it upon himself to ski back down the ridge and go check the explosives. While he's still in the village, the whole place blows up. Every, every house in the village just explodes. The losers run down to look for Storm and the only sign of him they can find is a piece of his wooden leg. The losers request permission from their leaders to continue their search for Captain Storm, but they are sent on to their next mission because Storm. there's no way Storm could have survived that. They scoot out, and they are looking for an electronic scrambler device. That's their new mission. And Ona decides she should go down to this village that they think it is in, that intelligence is saying it's hidden somewhere in this village, so she's going to go alone since she can fit in as a Norwegian. And an SS officer immediately spots her and tells her to come with him. Meanwhile, a Nazi patrol spots the losers hiding in the woods. After a firefight, the losers commandeer the Nazi vehicle, and they use it to follow Ona. She's been taken to an underground bunker in the nearby village that Storm had set the explosives in and disappeared in. The losers managed to break in and rescue Ona, and they find the electronic scrambler in this underground bunker. Did she become a loser? Did she be? Did she become a loser? She did for a while. Yeah, I don't remember her. She, she was. I assume she was kind of a compliment to Mademoiselle Marie because she was part of the Norwegian underground resistance, and yeah. she joined up with the losers. I think maybe her family was killed, so she she was naturally a loser too, and that's how she joined up. I really want my my family's going to be traveling. I want to try to dig out the origin story for Ona, see if I can find that. But anyway, they they launch grenades into the electronic scrambler and destroy it, and they head to the surface. And as they're running out of the underground bunker, Ona starts looking down at the ground and finds what appears to be Captain Storm's dog tags. And that's the conclusion of the first part, which is your usual 12-page lead feature. And it's followed up with Make War, No More. It's another Kunko warrior. And the only credit is Sam, Sam Glansman's initials off in the side. Three sailors there, there stand over go. the body of a... Well, you can't go wrong with Sam. And to me, he looks like 
like he was trying to copy Joe Kubert some. There's a, a kind of a Kubert scratchiness to his art, and I really like it. But uh, three, three sailors stand over the body of a dead Japanese soldier at the waterline. They make jokes about the dead man being small and how they could probably whip him and maybe take on three Japanese soldiers at once since they're so small. A really rough-looking, battle-weary Marine from the background says for them to shut their mouths. The sailors take offense but decide they'll just leave the Marine alone because he's obviously seen some action. They leave, and we flash back to the earlier battle. There's some fierce fighting, and we see this Marine facing down on a Japanese soldier. They're in hand-to-hand combat when some other Marines come up behind him. And he tells the other Marines not to kill him, give him a chance to surrender. And the Japanese soldier proclaims he will never surrender. So obviously they end up killing the Japanese soldier. And we close on the Marine after he's dug a grave for this enemy. And he's still mumbling to tell the sailors to shut up. And then to close the issue was a terrible Rise of the Olympians story based on some Greek myths. It's got Rick Estrada art, which who I'm not a big fan of Rick Estrada. It was written by Raymond Moraes. Moraes? I don't know how you pronounce that. Well, he was but... the guy on Chips, right? <laughs> Eric Estrada. <laughs> if it was Ponce drawing this, it might have been better. I mean, I've come to appreciate his art a little more as I've gotten older, but it's still, of all the, all the DC War people, when I see his story, it's like, Eh, I wish it was Glansman. I wish it was Heath. I wish it was Severin. I wish it was Fred Ray. I wish it was almost anybody. But uh, this this losers issue, especially the John Severin art, is really nice. It's set in the snow. Lots of explosions. I don't know how they colored the comics back then, but it's really well done. What well, was and it like? Uh, highly, highly was it like it. eight pages each or what? Well, it's about twelve pages for the lead story, and let's see, we got. Four pages for the Japanese story. Mm-hmm. We got two pages for for cutting out the tabletop diorama of the HMS Victory with Admiral Nelson, Lord of the Fleet. Which thankfully, whoever owned this issue before, including John Severin, didn't cut that out. But did you cut yours cut... out? I never cut those out, but I did cut like. I cut out like figures of Captain America and Sergeant Rock, and I pasted them to my wall, and I cut out... There was an issue of Captain America that Kirby did where he was riding a skateboard, and for some reason I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I cut cut up my copy of a Kirby issue of Captain America and had every, every image of him on the skateboard glued to my wall, which my parents were really excited about. <laughs> it's a wallpaper there. <laughs> Well, you know, you you make your own when you're a kid. Yeah. My door was covered with those stickers, the ones that you'd get. <clears throat> the oh, Marvel the ones. ones. From the ads in the comics. Well, yeah, it, ha- it, would, it, it would have the characters making, like, wisecracks. Like, there was, like, a word yeah. bubble on them. And then I also had the ones that you're talking about, the ones that were like a circle and then it has the character and they were pretty big. I never had those, but I I just marveled. They were on my door. Yeah, my door was covered with them. I made my my own cutting up my comic books. And the worst one I ever cut up, I think, was the first appearance of Boba Fett. 
That's, I don't that's think worth I, a few dollars now. Yeah, I don't think I ever cut up any uh, comics except to get the like a subscription or or order this magazine or something like that. That was the only time I ever cut cut out something. Or if there was a coupon like in the Valiant or something like that to get a issue zero, I would buy two and then send away one. I think that was like the first time I started intentionally buying two copies of something because I didn't want to I didn't want to cut my comic unless I had a backup and then yeah. I was like okay well now I can cut the comic. So what was the the Roman one? Oh gosh, it's terrible. It's <laughs> is it because of the art or the story's bad too? Well, it's, it's it, 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 the story's not real good. It's like four pages, and it talks about um, Zeus and Kronos who have been battling for ten years for leadership of the three worlds. And it opens up. It looks pretty good. It shows the two gods fighting one's throwing a lightning bolt the other's throwing a boulder and the temple is crashing down and it looks pretty good but by page two it just goes it it just turns to to crap for me (laughs) these two (laughs) gods named uh demetos meets what's that lady's name crianus goddess of the village and then they start talking about how weak and feeble mortals are. And then all of a sudden, Zeus and Kronos end their battle. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then Demetos says, what's that noise? And it's a woman giving birth. And he goes, they're only having one baby? His trout often has two million a month. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I guess it would help if, I guess it would help if I knew who Demetos was. He's not one I'm familiar with. I'm not but familiar with was, her either. The village goddess. I was like, I, I would rather have a, a, you know, another World War II tale, or give me a pinup of Ona finding Captain Storm's wooden leg. I don't know any anything but this Rick Estrada Greek god weird tale. <laughs> but it's better than the race war and unknown soldier. So, Is it, at least how did how did, how did unknown soldier knows. play into it? On that race war, the high commander sends him to use any means necessary. He said he could shoot the soldiers at one point in the story if he wanted to, and soldiers like, no, I think that'll just make things worse. And I'm like, really? You think so? Does he does does he go well, in as an African American or does he? No, he's 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 got his uh the black sidekick cat with him and cat is the one who tells him he should shoot a couple of the soldiers he's he's angry that the men aren't doing their jobs and delivering the supplies because cat is well aware of how bad the nazis are but these guys running this supply line apparently don't don't understand how bad they are he thinks you know we've got it rough in america which you know they certainly did but then the nazis are not going to be better and they don't want to deliver the supplies to help defeat the nazis yeah, so it's a it's a it's a strange tale. They used the N word in it, and I'm like, whoa! I didn't know. I don't remember ever reading a comic with that in there before. I think I've seen it and in this, there. I mean, it's a it 
maybe, you know, I, th maybe I think they've had a couple of Sergeant Rocks that do that. Maybe so. Maybe I don't know. It's and just, I'm I'm almost positive. Great. I, I'm, I'm almost positive. There was not. There was racial marks in the uh, grave digger stuff. Well, I know men, grave men, men at war because that one. There was that huge racist guy. Yeah, his wasn't it his commanding officer. Was yeah, it was his commanding didn't... officer. Yeah, I but, just. But um, later on, he <laughs> he he did a, like, if I remember correctly, Gravedigger went back to the Pentagon, and he broke into the Pentagon, and then he got that's when he got like his powers. Not he just got enhanced, kind of like Captain America. Right. But um, the book well, I chose. You know, I know Jackie Johnson did, dealt with racism. I just seeing that word in a comic is kind of jarring, especially from a comic dated March 1980. You know, I I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Usually, anything from that period, I think, is safe. I don't. What'd I don't you, know. I uh, I picked uh, Aliens, Earth Angel. Now, I, is that I was, a new one from Marvel? No, this is, is a dark horse? this is a dark horse. Okay. This is a one shot. Um, what the year on this is? Nineteen ninety four. <clears throat> so, uh, I I don't. Until recently, I never really bought any Dark Horse Aliens, Predator, and Terminator. And then uh, at a flea market, <clears throat> I, I I picked up like a whole short box of them for like a quarter or 50 cents each. And this one is by John Byrne. He writes it and does the art. Which okay. I was really interested in do seeing because I I'm a huge fan of John Byrne, and he does draw a lot of backgrounds in here too. You know how John Byrne tends to just put color in there. Um, right. He he did a lot of uh, detailed art on this one. <laughs> this one's pretty interesting. It's a it's about a guy and his girlfriend. They uh they find a ship. And it's crashed and it's on fire. And they see a, a guy in armor there and they have they said, Oh, we can't let this guy burn up and die. Let's take him out. And he's huge. It it takes his the girl and him have to both lift she grabs the legs and he grabs the upper body. And they uh what's that? Getting a are you there? Yeah. I was getting a interesting uh like somebody was trying to call in. That was weird. I, didn't I never that. never saw that happen before. But anyway, um they 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 take him out before the ship explodes. And they notice there's a face hugger on this guy's face, which isn't a good thing. So no. they they take him to a doctor, and this doctor gets it off. He pulls off the face hugger, and it's an alien's face. And they're, wow, this guy's an alien. 
And as soon as he pulls the, the face hugger off, uh, an alien bursts out of his chest and just starts annihilating everybody except for the doctor. <clears throat> and then uh, the scene cuts to a bar, and there's there's these guys with leather jackets and skull and bones on their jacket. And uh, the bartender's yelling, uh, Cherry, get over here and help me behind the desk. And he, she's making out with one of the gang. And one of the gang members has to go pee really bad. And he's like, you can't go in there. The, you know, daddy's in there having sex with uh, somebody. <laughs> you can't go in there. So he has to go outside to take a leak. And an alien just annihilates him and other members of the gang. Uh, and then the doctor, it, the scene cuts to the doctor and he runs he runs into the house and he's like, we got to get out of here. Let's go. Let's go stay with your mother. You know, he tells the wife, let's go stay with your mother. Let's get out of here. He doesn't tell him what's happening. He was there when the face, the, the alien burst out of the guy's chest. And he realizes that there's going to be aliens there and he doesn't want his family near there. So they get in the car, they take off and they run into an alien and the alien kind of, uh, crashes through the window. He grabs his family and takes them all out uh, as the car's on fire. And now he's like running uh, away from the aliens. And then all of a sudden the motorcycle gang is surrounded him uh, and his family. And he, he realizes that these aliens don't like fire. And, um, he, he notices that one of these guys is possessed by an alien and he wants to light him on fire. And that he says, you can't kill our guy. You know, the gang members, you can't kill him. And he's like, we got to burn them all. We got to burn them all. And uh, <laughs> they, they find those little, you know how those aliens have those eggs? They find a whole bunch yeah. of them in this area and they burn them all. So him and the gang finally burn them all. And then later on, the military, I, I don't even know if uh, he got away with his family, but I think more, most of the motorcycle gang, they ended up dying, except for that guy and uh, the girl that were having sex in the bathroom. They got away clean on the motorcycle. But uh, later, the military show up, and they're like, I wonder what happened here. And there's all these, uh, the ground is all scorched and there's things all burned. Meanwhile, the family <clears throat> goes to an old lady's house. They, they walk up to her and says, can I borrow your phone? And what you learn is that this doctor is Ripley. <laughs> so he said, this is Daniel Ripley. So I think the little girl is Ellen Ripley, which is uh, the main. The original alien. Yeah, the original alien. So uh, I, I think this is like how it began, like an alien before the alien, and the she was so young that she didn't even know, you know. Uh, it was it was oh, a pretty, pretty interesting cool. story. I liked it. It was a good one shot, and it has a wraparound yeah, cover, nice. really nice. But I uh, read that. There's a lot of ads in here at this time. Uh, John Byrne was also doing Next Men Lies. And they have an ad for Indiana Jones and the 
can't read it. And the Shrine of the Sea Devil. Uh, they have uh, an ad for Time Cop. That became a movie with Claude Van Damme. Uh, Flaming Carrot. good TV show, too. I don't know. I didn't watch the TV show. I saw the, the movie. It was one season. I want to say ABC. And it was really good. Uh, low budget. And it had the guy. He plays like the... Uh, the dad on on the '70s show, not not red, but the dumb guy. Um, oh, the guy with the black hair. Yeah, yeah. He was married to the hot wife at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She left him. I he think. was kind of a stocky guy. Yeah, he's yeah. on there, and there, there's several familiar faces if you ever watch it. But it's really good. You ought to check to see if it's on YouTube or something. Interesting. Yeah, but that's that's what I I, I read because I got a whole box full of different alien stories, and there's some interesting stuff in there because there's like a a Kelly Jones drawn one, and he's like he's really good for that kind of thing. Yeah, that that sounds like a perfect match, Kelly Jones and aliens. Yeah, any of those uh, types types of books, he's he's perfect for monster looking things. So I. Yeah, I just picked that, and uh, I picked one other. I don't know if you did, too. Well, I did that Unknown Soldier, but it's terrible, so <laughs> let's see what your other one is. Mine is Wildcats. I, I read the new stuff, like the stuff that just came out, and I liked it a right. lot. So I also picked up Wildcats number one. This is uh, Scott Lovedell and... Uh, Travis Charest. You remember him, right? Yeah. Is he still working on that? Uh, no, I don't know what he's doing now, but um, this is what he this, he did this book in 1999, I think. Oh, okay. This is the year that, uh, that Wildstorm sold to DC Comics. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. And, uh, I guess at the time he relaunched Wildcats, but like uh, DV8, Gen 13 uh, stayed the same, like the original numbering. And right. he had Cliffhanger. You remember Crimson? Um, that was a little vampire kid, I think. Yeah, with it, uh, Humberto Ramos. Ramos, yeah. And Homage was another imprint of Wildstorm. Uh, it had Astro City. And then America's Best uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was starting. So it's kind of a, 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 a big deal. Um, so you had all these imprints. Jim Lee said that he sold his company because he, he was tired of... Uh, running the company like politically and wanted to work on comics, which is interesting because now he's the head of DC and he's running the company. <laughs> so the irony of it is, is interesting, but, uh, this, uh, this takes place. I think like when the wildcats are all broken up, like they're not a team anymore and grifters underwater somewhere in Italy and uh, he emerges, and I like I like when um, a comic book doesn't tell you like if they're speaking it Italian, 
it doesn't tell you what they're saying. So like you're, you see the captions, but you can't read it. It's not like in those little uh, alligator brackets where it's translated for you. So you know they're speaking Italian, but uh, you don't know what they're saying. But he he emerges, right. takes off his costume, and he's he's witnessing an arms deal, and uh, he's gonna break it up and then take the money. He, that's what he's there for. He wants to take the money, and he realizes that one of the guy that's in the arms deal is Spartan. So that's a wildcat. He's like, what the heck, Spartan doing here? And Spartan's giving this guy, the arms deal dealer, a bunch of money. Well, it, it turns out that he's selling like a Damonite or, or I forget what the aliens were. They're Carib Caribbean. There, there was the Damonites versus the other alien that begins with a K, and I, I don't remember how to pronounce it. But uh, there's that arms deal, and then they realize that he tries to turn the arms deal around on Spartan and he has like these snipers and these gunners on, on the building next door. And they, he's like, light him up. So they were just going to kill, kill this guy and then take his um, suitcase full of money. But they don't realize that Spartan's bulletproof. So they're like, Grrr! they just like blasted the heck out of him. The car behind him is all shot up. He's all shot up. It didn't didn't make a, a dent in him. It's like, holy crap. And then Grifter comes out and starts helping Spartan. And then there's an ad for a, a video game that looks like Punch-Out. It's called The Contender. <coughs> but then uh, this alien technology, there's a tank. And it starts blasting at Spartan. And this tank looks like a traditional tank initially. So you're like, tank, that's awesome. And it's going to shoot It's going to shoot Spartan and it, it, one of the the actual what do they call a tank um thing that you know comes out of the turret? The does it have does it have a name? The only thing I know is the shell. The shell, yeah, the shell comes out um blast him and through through like two walls because it didn't explode until it hit the second wall and then uh the tank transforms <laughs> so it's like like a transforming tank and well, my son uh, would like transformer yeah and uh spartan lifts it up and starts tearing it apart And then uh, Imp, the the little guy from Wildcats, uh, shows up. Marlowe, you know the the guy. Except he doesn't look like Marlowe. Marlowe's like the short guy that's like I don't know three foot ten maybe. He's he's a short guy with the white hair that smokes a a cigar. He looks like an alien here. Yeah, he looks like he looks like Jack Kirby. Um, he does. Well, you know, Rob made made a character called Kirby that was inside that looked exactly like Jack Kirby, and then right. I think 
I, I personally, I, I don't have any evidence that this is true, but I think Jim Lee modeled uh, Marlowe after Kirby and just made him really tiny. But uh, yeah, I think so. He, uh, he he's basically wants Grifter's help to to help him out. Um, and Grifter's like, no, I I know what you did to Zealot. I want no part of this. But then he mentions uh, a, a particular villain uh, named Kenyon, and uh, he says, if you don't help us, then you know we got to band together to fight this one person, or all hell's gonna break loose. And then so they they sort of team up at the end of this issue. But it's just Marlowe, Spartan, and Grifter so far. So I imagine. Over the course of the next few issues, they're going to recruit more members of the team. And I think Zealot right now is believed to be dead. So uh, we'll see what happens to her. Because I don't think Zealot's she remains dead. the one who dead. looks like Dark, right? She's the one with the sword and the the red, I don't know, uh, outfit. Voodoo is the dark-complected one with the sexy tattoo on her body okay i haven't read wildcats in way too long i've forgotten which character is which yeah there's a new series that's that just came out and i i liked it a, a lot and uh it just motivated me to read read this because i haven't read this uh this incarnation i've read some others but not this one and back then uh this isn't cover a i i, I bought the charest cover um, which is like, I don't know, it's like cover G, which, which I think it's the best one because it's got like Grifter on the cover and then all the Wildcats on the bottom. Um, the other covers, like the cover A is like Jim Lee with Spartan on it. Arthur Adams did a, a Zealot. Simon Bisley did a, God, I can't think of what this guy's name is. War is it Warchild? Um, the guy with the blades that's like a Wolverine. Uh, okay. J. Scott Campbell um, did a did a cover, but I don't know who it is because it doesn't look looks like one of the Danger Girls, but uh, <laughs> maybe it's a special Danger Girl crossover. Oh, I know who it is. It's Voodoo, because part okay. of her costume is. Her, her costume on her thigh is destroyed for whatever reason, and you can see the tattoo underneath her thigh. It just doesn't look like voodoo at all because uh, voodoo's sort of like dark complected, and this voodoo is, is very white. Um, that's what threw me off. Uh, Joe Mandarera, uh, Mandarera did the uh, Grifter cover. Herberto Ramos did another Zealot cover. So there was like a lot of different colors, covers, and then there's an ad for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on the back by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. Wow. And how old is that? What's, what's the date on that? 1999. Wow. It seems like it was just a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. And there's uh you could watch uh, Roller Jam on uh, TNN. The Nashville Network. <laughs> the Nashville Network. 
I don't think that's around anymore. I think they renamed it to something else, like Sea Cowboy something or another. I I think that's the one that became Spike, and now Spike became... Is that what Paramount is now? I forget. No, I think there's a, there, there still is a Cowboy one. I thought it evolved from the Nashville Network. I'll have to t- maybe so. I'll have to tweet you if I can get on DirecTV and yeah. find it. It's not really like TNN used to be, but it's very different. I used to watch. I remember watching a lot of Crook and Chase on the Nashville Network because I liked that Lori Ann Crook. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even know who half the people were they were interviewing, <laughs> but I liked her a lot. <laughs> I had. I hadn't thought about that in years. You're taking me down a Nashville network rabbit hole. Yeah, there you go. But this is actually when they still had ads in a comic book. Yeah, you can't find that anymore. Yeah, I I miss ads. Yeah, I was even like... I never thought I'd say that. I don't mind ads anymore. Like, uh, I I think we grew up in in an era where... We had commercials with everything, so it right. it doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. Like when I watch Pluto TV and there's commercial, I'm like, well, I'm not paying for this, so I'm okay with watching commercials. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with most commercials. Some of these now are just disgusting. That like there's this lady selling deodorant for all over your body, and she's showing how to apply it under her arms, and I don't know. Maybe I've, it's I've, I've, I've I just seen, don't want to watch somebody putting deodorant on. Sounds like you've been watching a lot of me TV because that comes on on me. TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, and they they have that special underwear for catching things that are leaking. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to know about that. I don't want I don't want but, you to show hey, me how absorbent your underwear is. You might care in a couple years. Well, you know, when when you when you need chance. when you need to capture that, uh, all you got to do is say underwear for when you're old. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't have to lay it on the table and pour stuff in it. You, I'll just go, <laughs> okay. Note to self: a few more years, let's get some of that. Yeah. Well, now you'll know what to go for, because you yep. can pour a whole glass of water down it, and it'll it'll keep you dry. <laughs> You know, it wouldn't be so bad if they were just using water, but it usually looks like cranberry juice or something. They're pouring it in there. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) I've seen, I haven't seen that commercial, but I have seen that weird deodorant thing that you're talking about. Where you puts it all over her body. (laughs) Yeah. And and you can put it in your butt crack too. And I'm like, I don't want to put deodorant in my butt crack. I, I use this thing called soap. Uh, and you just leave it there. <laughs> you just walk around with a bar of soap up there. I'm, hope, I'm hoping that keeps me from needing another colonoscopy. Yeah, there you go. It'll keep it nice and clean. <laughs> my my wife is complaining because I referred to my colonoscopy as butthole surgery. And I told because this is among a group of nurses, and they're all talking medical stuff that I have no idea what they're talking about. So I just make everything into a joke. And I'm like, it's butthole surgery. And they have these little tiny pairs of scissors, and they stick them in your butthole. And they go in, and they cut the polyps out. 
And my wife was like, nobody is going to want to get a colonoscopy because you're making it sound gross. And I'm like, the whole thing is gross. It's I'm gross, but it's it's it. pretty. Uh, well, I guess if everything goes well, like I had a couple pallops. I didn't know, like I didn't feel any like pain or anything afterwards. I didn't feel any no, different. The, the, the procedure was fine. Now I was a I was a nervous wreck. I the, was terrified. The pre- yeah, I was the, terrified the, because I haven't the, had it, but I'm not yeah. terrified anymore. Well, I mean, the the worst part of it is the prep work. Yeah, the prep so, is terrible. The prep is a, is a living nightmare. But you know, you're only doing that for twelve hours or so, so you're it's really not too bad. There, just, there, there were only eight hours that I was really hungry, like where I, 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 I couldn't. Once I passed a certain phase, I, I wasn't that hungry, and I, just drinking all that electrolytes, you know, that you're supposed to drink with a powder or whatever you put in there. It made me feel all right. Like, I just had to go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> I didn't yeah, feel sick. No I didn't feel sick or anything. I, I, and then even when I I finished, I I thought I would be like starving. Like, I would be like, oh my god, I can't wait to eat. And I got full like right away. Like, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. Well, I was hungry. starving, but I only ate a couple of things. Yeah. We she took us to uh, my wife took us to Guthrie's afterwards, and we got a big bucket of chicken fingers. And I think I ate three, and then I went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was I was when I when she got it, I thought I was going to eat this whole bucket by myself because I was so hungry. I was like, that's not <laughs> enough food for everybody. What are y'all going to eat? <laughs> yeah. And I ate All a right. couple, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go lay down. Well, this has been a, a geek anyway, brunch. She, she said I was gonna. She said I was gonna cause people to die because I called it butthole surgery. So, kids, get your colonoscopy. Yeah, it could actually save your life. I mean, it, it, it could. Polyps could turn to something bad. So by catching it yeah, early. Yeah, that's what they said about mine. So yeah, I'm glad so I like, did it. You, you could, you know. Five years from now, that could have turned into something. So it's it's it, it's actually good. Yep. So um, this has been a Geek Brunch Retro. You don't usually get to record with us because we record on Sunday mornings. But uh, I've missed you guys. Yeah, I'm glad we got to do this. I, I recruited a lot of people, so there's like five of us, and it's been hard to get any of us together. <laughs> So yeah, I think y'all have had fewer shows with everybody than but, we just used to do the everything else at night. But the uh, only there's only two of us that don't have kids, me and Chris, and everybody else has kids or activities and stuff. So it, it, it's kind of rough, especially during the holidays. But thanks for thanks for joining me, and well, hopefully we'll me. we'll do another. Uh, Another one, maybe at night, and maybe shake it up a little bit instead of doing it at the morning. That would be awesome. I love yeah. comic books with you. Yeah. So what's give give your information and uh, we'll wrap up here. Well, you can find me at Big Five Army on both Twitter and Instagram, and follow along and tag me in all your war comics posts. <laughs> Yeah, you love war comics more than anybody I know. That's for sure. Well, that's that's what turned me into the fan I am. I mean, I love all comics, but there's 
there's nothing that compares to the war comics for me. Yeah, I uh, I started off with war comics um, and then jumped into the superhero stuff. And I've kind of stayed more on the superhero stuff, even though when I when I run across um, because war comics were the army men that I grew up with. So me and the neighborhood kids, we read war comics because we had army men as toys, you know, those plastic army men. Right, the little green men. Yeah, the little green men that you see on Toy Story. That's that's what we right. played played with. But I had some sophisticated ones because I had the that Navarone set or whatever that that oh, I that's I've right. showed you. I forgot about that. So that actually that had like it, that's a mountain cliff with a bunch of Nazis in it, and you had the Americans evading the the mountain cliff. I would have gladly traded you a Cabbage Patch Kid for that set. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> and I would have gladly denied that. <laughs> I couldn't blame you there. Yeah. Well, you can reach me at Mike Myers Brunch and find me at Geek Brunch uh, Podcasts, all the different shows, and DC Spotlight on DC Noise. And uh, we'll be back hopefully after Christmas sometime. And uh, we'll see if you can join us, Kurt. I'd love to. All right. We have a good uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year if I don't uh, actually get to talk to you till then. Merry Christmas, my yeah, friend. Yeah, thank you so much for the, the fudge and the hat. Um, I really appreciate the extras. I'm so glad you told me, though, because the way I ripped the box open is I, I ripped it from the top. And I, I pulled the comics out, so I got the comics out, which are the comic scene. But I, I thought the other stuff was just like newspaper or filler, and I didn't know it was there. So I'm so glad you said. I hope you, I hope you got the extra <laughs> well, goodies. And I'm like, oh crap, because if I, I had waited, check the box for me. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. So I, I'm so glad you told me. I always me. try to put a little something extra in there, whether it's a, a southern treat that we have down here or something my wife yeah. made or even even a, a movie i picked up that i thought you might like but uh tell tell your wife that i'm not i'm not a fudge guy and i love that fudge <laughs> I, well, I will tell her because she's yeah she's been complaining that nobody likes her cooking and nobody's i'm somebody that, I'm like, that shies away from fudge and i i absolutely loved it Cause I had a day off on Monday. I think it was Monday. I, and my wife had to work and, uh, I just, I was eating. I was like, I, I said, I'm going to cut myself just to, you know, like a half of one and just eat it. And I was like, Oh no, I got to eat the rest of it. And my wife had already had half of one the night before. So <laughs> I, I just finished the rest of it. <laughs> I've told her that we could sell that fudge and she didn't believe yeah. it. It was very delicious. I liked it a lot. Well, I'm glad. I'm All glad right. you didn't throw it out. Well, I'm glad that you tweeted me back. Because I wouldn't have known. Because the way I took the box is I grabbed the magazines right out because everything was bundled together. And then I just thought, oh, that's just filler so things wouldn't move around. So, yeah, it was a big treat. But uh, thanks a lot, Kirk. And you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The same to you. 
All right, take care. Bye. Bye-bye.